0: Go Light Selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Go 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 out! Welcome to episode one, two, three. Three, it is three. Yeah, I wasn't good at maths. Episode three. You weren't good at
1: maths. Why does that not surprise me? (laughs) You weren't good at maths. I would never if someone said to me, list Aiden Powers, top ten subjects, maths for me was never gonna be near the top. I'd say your favourite subject at school. Was Messing? Now, seriously, I'd say your favourite school PhD H- in H- Messing History, History in English. Yeah, see, I
0: knew that. And I'd say yours was—you probably did Latin. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: fucking
1: Latin. Yeah.
0: Welcome Jesus to episode Christ. three of Golad Selects with Simon Estelanius <laughs> And him, Aiden Power. See, I did a property there. And you didn't call me a bad name. No, no, no. Fair I'll save that you. for later on. It is a series brought to you by Sky. They have a brand new original series that you should check out. And you may know it already because it's season two of Devils. It's a thriller set in the world of high finance. And it stars Mac Dreamy, not Mac mm. Flurry. Doctor Dreamy, oh. aka the brilliant Patrick Dempsey, and I know a lot of people are raving about this show. <clears throat> I believe we need to get on board with this one, Simon. Not just because yeah, Dr. I missed f- season
1: yeah. one, um, but I do have it saved. So I did. I did intend to watch it at some point, and now season two is here. I'm going to be able to start at the top. So it's set in the world of finance, I think in London, and uh, it looks uh, the business. It's got a great cast. It's got a fantastically the names of the actors in this cast are incredible. Patrick Dempsey, uh, Alessandro Borghi, Laya Costa, and Cassia Smudinac.
0: Can I say to you... Please, the anything you want. My learned friend. you like this because it's not something I often say to you. Oh, Jesus. I want to say a big, fat, oh. humongous... Oh, ...thank you for making my dreams come true. Uh
1: did I do that now? Cue the cheesy music. How did I do that now?
0: you introduced me to my comedy hero in a hotel in Dublin on Saturday night ah, recently, yeah. Yeah. which was just the stuff of dreams. And they say never meet your heroes, yeah. but when Simon Delaney says, you know, we're going to see Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge in his new uh, stand-up show in the Three, in in the three, three arena. arena. And I say, yes, Simon, I do, because we bought the tickets a year <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, Well, I'm going to, I've been on to Steve's people and... Uh, he said come meet him after for yeah. a drink. And I was like, Shut your up. face. Oh, this was... is
1: the biggest wind up. <laughs> and Will, because we were with our friend Will Dalton, uh, the three weeks worked together, Virgin Media. And I think it was Will. Was it Will bots? Will booked the tickets a year last year, formed the WhatsApp group with the <laughs> with the Alan Partridge Aha! picture. Yes. And I put into the group the other night I said, Look, I've been on Steve's tour manager and we might be able to meet them. But then when I saw your faces when I said yeah, when we met for a point before the show I went, Yeah, so we're gonna go and meet with the hotel afterwards, the two of you went. Okay. <laughs> what well, my words to you actually? Great. It was great. And, I, and you were looking at me going
0: this is the best thing that could ever happen to you. I went, "No, Simon, no. I don't want to meet him." Yeah, you didn't like, w- like you were a, nervous. Like a guess I was like I just because it'll never live up to what I want it to be in my head. I'll certainly
1: never well, live up the way these to how I want to be. Out, right? Because we left That's the gig, right? Bumbling fool, and we were like everybody else. The other eight thousand people—they're trying to get a taxi because we we're going to meet them over a the hotel, and we just stood at the roundabout there, at the three. Everyone knows where it is. And uh, no, joy you were on free now. Will was on free now. We were nothing. Only short of holding a placard, couldn't get blame away. Ed Sheeran holding our hands for taxis with their lights on who just drove past us because they had passengers in them. That does your brain it. And then I just, for some reason, saw a taxi driving around with no light on and stuck my hand out and he stopped. But we were about 20 minutes waiting and then we arrived, we, we got up to the hotel and we walk into the foyer and there's Steve standing there. <laughs> the timing, it was like it you would have Steve, will you just be at the hotel when I get out yeah, of the if taxi? You were filming that, it wouldn't have worked.
0: <laughs> it would have been wrong. Because we arrived in the door, I was talking to Will, and I saw in the corner of my eye you talking to someone, and I thought, well, that's just someone coming up to sign yes. and go, give us a picture, so on and so forth. Yeah. And then, as we came in the door, and you went, and this is Aiden, and I just looked up, and, and it, it was Coogan, and it was Coogan, and he goes, "Oh hi, what's your name?" And I was like, Jesus Christ!" Oh, and then, and the the worst thing, and the reason I didn't want to meet him was because I, I was like, oh, "I'll s- just, I'll say something stupid." You're going to say that, and immediately I did. No, I didn't say that, but I just, because in my head it was like, "You were just on stage in front of nine thousand people as Alan Partridge, and now you're here." Yeah. And and my first thought was, "Oh, you're a little bit smaller in real life." Something I get <laughs> quite often. <laughs> And, I, and that, I went, oh, God he's, God, he's smaller now. You didn't. And he just, just went, sorry, what would you say your name was? And I just went, Aidan, he goes, come uh, on, we'll get a drink. I was like, okay, go. And it was
1: pretty good. And he goes, like, give we, him a drink and tell him to shut up. We just sort of sat in the bar then and had pints. It was surreal because
0: there was you, me, Will. Steve and his manager Phil, yeah. and one of his assistants,
1: his PA, and, yeah. and it was so low key. And that it was it, yeah, you yeah. Know. Just sitting and having scoops.
0: It was. And it, he wasn't scooping because he's on the wagon. He was on the zero zero. Yeah, yeah.
1: He does that in fits and starts. Yeah. yeah. But we had and a great old chat. We had a, a brilliant chat. And
0: again, it's that thing of going, don't bring up all the stuff he's done because I'm sure he enjoys a certain amount of ego stroking and flattery. We yeah, do, but. But you know you don't want to be combing over well, friends every episode. Yeah, but you remember this line: your you only common say, point of common ground
1: is the stuff that you
0: watched him in. Yeah. Where do
1: you start with the? Well, where we found
0: the commonality without getting too much into his work, but it gave him the opportunity to talk about yeah. uh, Alan Partridge, which we were, you know, kind of uh,
1: yeah. not against. Was he when was he talked about the line. the Irish character Martin uh, Brennan, Martin Brennan, who featured in the live show, yeah, and was, featured yeah.
0: brilliantly. And by the way, the live show is terrific. It is brilliant. It really, is. It is it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's well done.
1: I saw a little bit of stuff online the next day. People saying, eh wasn't great uh, wasn't as good as I thought it would be well and people's like, expectations are so high uh, also everybody has a fucking opinion Like mm. everyone's a critic you know mm. what I mean but I mean it, for fans of Alan Partridge and the 8000 people who you were there you wouldn't be disappointed no you weren't disappointed no he delivered exactly what he what you'd expect him to deliver cheesy dance numbers some bad 80s music bad 90s music uh, some belt and one liners a uh, couple of ridiculous props the chair being one <laughs> and he, he, he ticked every box yeah and some oh, clever brilliant. technically done interactions
0: with brilliant. guests yes. yeah, on yeah. the screen yeah. and all that kind of stuff including yeah. his future self so it was brilliant so, so thank you crossed that one off the list what's next who's next well it it, it, it reminds me to go and Simon Delaney says something John just go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Full of this. These actors, they're just full of it. Yeah, yeah. You delivered what if, in spades. What Whatevs. So no, well done.
1: And Will was flying off on holidays the next morning dying to the death of a small We heard hospital. from Will two days later. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. You and me said, were texting the next day
1: going, yeah. wasn't that amazing? What a great said, night. Drinking before a flight is not a good idea, Aiden Flower. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How would you like to be disposed of when you're dead? We're taking letters and emails on that
0: tonight, uh, starting with a a letter from Mike, who's 24. He'd like to be buried in a large satin-lined coffin with a couple of page three stunners.
1: Right, let's jump into our recommendations this week. I'm going to give you first bat here. Uh, What are you thinking? Well, I I have
0: one that involves Steve Coogan but I'm going to hold off on that, okay? Now it is okay. a, a new show of his and it's one that Oh, it's, I haven't recorded chivalry. It's very very right. topical. Let's yeah. hold that. Down. I nearly called it cavalry in front of him the other night, thankfully. Oh, you didn't, did you? I never got that far. Good. So I'll save that for a minute, but it is a very topical show that a lot of people are talking about yeah. and, and for good reason. The other one I, I I will give you now
1: is Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Are you going to stay his fight skill thing? Yeah. Right, okay.
0: Well, I was going to ask you first, actually, is he on your radar? Have you worked with him? Because
1: someone tweeted last week and had it circled in the Radio Times going, this sounds like an Alan Partridge show. <laughs> Idris Elba's Fine <fight laughs> School. You castling with Chris <laughs> <Eubank>. Exactly. <laughs> Idris Elba's
0: Fine School. So tell me about it. Do you love it? It's far more than that. So it's, um, it's five episodes. I've watched three of them. It's airing on Sunday night, so it's still on TV, going out live as such on BBC One. But like other shows now, it's more common that they'll air the first episode or maybe the first two on TV, but they'll dump the whole lot of it on their player. Right. So the entire series is on the BBC. iPlayer. On on iPlayer, if you want to watch it there. So the title pretty much reveals a lot of what's going on. It's Idris Elba and it's Fight School. The Fight School being a school of boxing for eight people, eight men and women in their teens and in their 20s who have faced...
1: All manner of challenges in and life. And is it a redemption, redemptive kind of thing? Are they trying to rehabilitate these people? Is it, this is a chance to turn your life around kind of thing? That's one one element of it. Right. Um,
0: there's a fitness element to it because okay. in five months, and so that's the commitment. It's a five month commitment right, okay. to turn them into what what is almost a professional boxer. And at the end of it, they will have a. Fight.
1: And is it coming from some sort of personal path that Idris took? Like is that what happened
0: to him? It is, yeah. And that's what gives it a, a certain auth authenticity that maybe isn't as present in some of these other transformative shows okay. and things like that. So Idris Elba grew up in East London. And does he tell you all this on the show? And then? he goes okay. to where he grew up and he okay. tells you about where he had his first fight and trouble oh, he was right. getting in okay. and he was going down and then how he had that kind of crossroads moment in his life. Um, and it wasn't acting that saved him. It was kickboxing and going wow. to a gym and wow. being taught by these brilliant guys the discipline <clears throat> and the... And, and all that that comes with combat sports. And he's a big believer, as I would be too, in the redemptive s- skills and abilities of combat sports to okay. give people direction, focus, and, and and a path in life.
1: So I presume then the eight people or whoever are in this, is it all walks and walks of life, all shapes? They've all been in various forms of trouble and addictions? And- all
0: shapes, all sizes, all backgrounds, uh, everything from a young Scottish guy who spent some time in prison, comes okay. from a... a a pretty bleak part of Scotland where the only thing to do is drink and okay. he's decided he needs to get out of that because there's, there's, there's no life in that for him.
1: And, and to answer this, is there something at the end of it in terms of, is, are they going to do a fight at the end of it or something?
0: Yeah, the idea is to transform them into boxers so by the end of it, they would be able to compete over, I think, probably three rounds, which is still a lot when you've not done it before, wow, yeah. with um, boxers from the British Army.
1: Oh Jesus Because right. the British okay. Army
0: Would have their own Amateur boxing team And they'll oh, uh, Compete right. against All them right. And through the course Of the series mm. They have them um, Spar With uh Boxers from other local amateur well, clubs okay, just to yeah, build yeah. that experience. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of training. They train six days a week. There's a lot of cardio, and a lot of boxing condition, a lot of getting punched in the face. But it's really, it's so much more than that. It's about the the mental journey it's they're the going mindset. on. Yeah, yeah. There's highs and lows in it. I mean, they're yeah. living in a very disciplined, strict away? Yes.
1: regime. Has anyone said no? Shite to this. I'm going home.
0: Well, you would think over five months eight characters who like I said come from all walks of life yeah. uh, This is a lot of them are fish out of water yeah. some are going to find it harder than yeah, others yeah, of for some are, it yeah. may well be too much um, so that's worth uh, watching it to see what happens I mean some of their stories are remarkable This is, there's this one girl and I, I wouldn't even repeat what happened to her because A I don't want to ruin the show but it's just it's unspeakable she was a victim of domestic violence with the most mm. tragic outcome um, she's on it to gain some self uh, worth confidence and mm. worth uh, back in her life amongst other things. Amazing. There's this beautiful girl. Um, she's in her twenties. She's from she's from Wales, and she's she's only a little thing, but she's 125 kilos. Wow! And is just in a in a in a rut in life and nobody confidence. And, and all that stuff and really wants to just as she said I just want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and kind of not cry Yeah, you know so oh she's God, so it's it's not a weight loss program but that's a, an area they had to deal with yeah, because she's he, that weight, and they deal with it really sensitively and the other thing I'll just say quickly is he is there Idris Elba is there, is he there for right the entire thing and I'm sure like this show wow, it's a five a month journey yeah, yeah. That they would have filmed it for at least that long if not longer not knowing exactly how it's going to go um, he is present pretty much all I'm sure he had other things going on in his yeah, life yeah. throughout the show so yeah. he's legit in that regard he's not just reading he's involved. he's not reading the voiceover and showing up at the end going well how'd you get on Yeah, yeah. you know so, he's so involved. unlike maybe some other shows that are of that similar ilk where they're boot camp style shows yeah, or yeah. Uh, body transformation shows there's a bit more heart and soul to this one, so I, I was gripped quite early on by Excellent. the strength of the stories of the and that's the people involved. All available now on the BBC iPlayer and BBC iPlayer. Yeah,
1: what a tremendous yeah. recommendation! Have you ever been in a fight? I've never a sanctioned fight <laughs> oh, I, I, Do you know what? I'll answer that. I've never been slapped, and I've never slapped anybody in my life. Wow! I've never had a that's punch a thrown at me, good and thing I've never to be able thrown to that say. punch. Okay, uh, in my life. I'm a lover, not a fighter, and as you can clearly tell.
0: I'm a lover, not a fighter.
1: I told you about singing. Leave that to the
0: professionals. I was just thinking what your ring walk music would be.
1: Oh, that's a good. What, what would
0: it be? What would you come out to?
1: <clears throat> what would my ring... See, it depends if it was a boxing What did fight. Homer Simpson come out to? Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks very much, yeah. No, but he, of he, of all, he was... I'm old enough to have learnt Latin in school, and my ring walk music should be the same as Homer Simpson. <laughs> hey, I'm not... Comparing da, you to da, Homer da, Simpson, da, 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 da. <laughs> never gonna get it. What do you what, what, I don't know? What would your ring walk music be? Uh, I think of a couple now. I've done it twice. You've done two professional fights. No, not professional
0: fights. and white collar fights. So no, Yeah, you? you can't claim that to be anything Have legit you? for charity, was it? But it's the closest I would get to doing you do something like
1: that. You'd, okay, so... There's no winners and losers. No, no. The charity won no, no. and boxing won.
0: It's, well, ultimately, yes, they were both for charity. But the line is... Um, who are you fighting? And can I ring The line now? is, I didn't get the decision. Not that you never say you lost. Yeah, I see a loss. I didn't lost. get the
1: decision. So who are you fighting?
0: Well, I did do, it twice. Do so, I know them? Um, I have excuses for both. Oh, Christ, here we go.
3: <laughs> first of all,
0: what was your ring walk music? Uh, first time, it was the... I don't know what it's called, but it's... You know when you're at the... Um, at a match in the Aviva They play this music beforehand Oh I can't think of it And then the other one was um, Jay-Z in Lincoln Park Numb <laughs> And I was numb By the end of it Emotionally Jesus and physically
2: Jesus <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I tell you something
0: it's, it's, dear, a, it's, a, it's a scary experience Walking out in front of Four or five hundred people Most of whom you'll know And are your own family yeah, members yeah. And they're literally baying for you to Hurt another man Yeah yeah And uh, no could do it. And there's no one To pass a ball to Or no one nah, You know nah, it's just on you, on you. And that opponent in the ring. And like you train so much for it. So, so you really you, invest you a lot not get of time in. decision and twice. Twice.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're but like I said, and
0: two. Oh, and two. Christ. And I'm zero on zero. I'm waiting for the comeback. <laughs> yeah. At least you've a better record than I Never do. Been <laughs> Never been beaten. Never been beaten. Well, the first time, and we won't. I won't go on about my excuses. No, no, the, please do. The first time, they. Um, so, so over the eight weeks that you train, a couple of nights a week, you're, you're sparring with other individuals similar size and weight to you. And by the end of it, generally, you'll end up. Matched with one of them on the night, oh, here
1: and we that's go. and well, that's I turn up that night. Fair. This
0: fella walked
1: in. He was six foot two, and, and a southpaw. All oh, right, yeah. Right, what's, so, a, a, what's a southpaw? I, if you ask, I'm apparently a southpaw, a lefty. You left handed. I would,
0: I would pose like that. So that mean? Yeah, you would, you would lead with your your right hand would be your jab. So that means now so your left hand is your backhand. Yeah, and you throw your hook with the
1: right. But I'm right handed. Why why am I doing that? Oh, you're converted southpaw. Oh, I love it. Jesus, we're getting technical now. I'm a convert. Yeah, I, mem- I oh. remember doing a film years ago, with a f- and there was a, f- a fight coordinator on it, and I hadn't got to out about wow. the fight, but I was standing around the board one day. And he s- I said, I'd love to learn, you know, just to. And he said, Well, stand up to me there, and I stood up with that. He went, All right, you're a Southpaw. I said, What's that mean? I said, He said, You're left handed. I said, No, 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 I'm right handed. He went, Oh, you're a converted Southpaw. Yeah, yeah. What the That's f- very mean? unique. Well, it's sometimes been said you hear of
2: before, right?
0: lefties who will stand in the orthodox pose. No. Uh, wow. I'm a converted soap. What,
1: what way do you play golf, apart from badly? I play it, I beg your pardon. Uh, I play it the normal way, right handed. I do everything in my. Uh, except I eat. I eat the wrong way around. Do you do anything else? He's a napper, Andy. My oh, entire shoelaces, John. Anyhow, uh, well, we welcome John on board, by the way. Uh, I suppose at this John's point we producer. should. if It's not too late. Um, <laughs> He's sitting so over there with his head in his
0: hands. This going, is our third episode, and we are on to our second producer.
1: Yeah, that's not a good sign, is it?
0: <laughs> they beg me.
1: They <laughs> did. They did. They begged. You John, wel- welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. Thanks and Christ, to be How here. How long are you going to stay? We need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see the last. The last. We don't fella. do well. What We've what's got? his name? Can't remember him. Some fella. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, Idris Elba on BBC player, Idris Elba's fight. Yeah,
0: really, really good. Really okay, good.
1: I'm going to give a recommendation, but I'm going to take it down a category. Uh, uh, it's a new category for us. it's re-watching I want to talk about shows that are so good you've re-watched them re-watched. I told you earlier on uh, weeks and weeks ago that I made a news resolution this year to watch watch more classic stuff that I've missed stuff that I should have seen but had missed so an example I'd never seen The Wire oh right okay yeah I'd never seen Breaking Bad um, so I went down those roads I watched Breaking Bad I binged it over a couple of weeks amazing that then led me on to Better Call Saul. Ah. Oh my God, that's such a good show. And the new season's just dropped last week. And I'm waiting, I'm priming myself for that. Um, the Wire, I'd never seen The Wire. And when you were talking about Idris Elba's Fight Club, it reminded me of a storyline within one season of The Wire where one of the characters who's on the wrong side of the tracks, he's in one of those gangs, gets released from prison and sets up a fight club in the neighborhood. And tries to get the younger kids off the street corner and into a gym. Yeah, I won't spoil it. But uh, so re-watching. Now, one of the ones that I think the show, apart from The Sopranos, which I think we're all kind of guilty of rewatching, but One of the shows I re-watched more than once is Mad Men.
0: Likewise. I've watched it twice. I'm currently on my third watch. Woohoo! Really? Love it, Love it yeah. Wow. What a show. Like, I found definitely from the second time, and I, there was enough of a gap between the first... Watching the first six seasons, first time and then second time. What are you getting from the third, getting from it the third time?
2: It just washes over you. It's so beautiful. Uh, I mean, most people watch it will think, oh, Don Draper's the coolest character ever. It all revolves around him. He's a shit. He's a prick. He's an an awful example (laughs) of a person. Absolutely. But again, you you, you kind Well, in the
1: first couple of seasons, you wanted to be him. Completely And then mm. by season
2: kind of Late three Early four He's full alcoholic his This is like right, Superman 2 oh, Where he goes pig, bad yeah. He's an absolute pig Here's he the weird here's Yeah he's the weird.
0: B- Very few
1: redeeming features Apart from his nice suits At that stage <clears throat> Here's the weird it looks thing great, yeah. That I had When I watched it So the first time I re-watched it So I'd, I'd watched it When I was out originally I'd bought the DVD box set Mmm and I'd watched it because I was going over back to make the States all the time so I had to a DVD player like God I'm sure anyway it was the one <laughs> like thing a I had portable DVD player on the and plane and a stack of these Jesus discs like it was like another fucking suitcase He's selling like. them on the plane fucking season what is it I <laughs> fucking reamed them used them as coasters it was great crack yeah. Sh- yeah shining them up shining yeah, this dips. is skipping uh, but, uh, but bizarrely when I went to rewatch it then on the television right I got to the final season and I got to episode 6 and it finished I went brilliant and I said play next episode I thought what hang on No, wait now sorry the last season much like Better Call Saul now and Ozarks they released it in two sections Mm. they did 6 and 6 or 8 and 8 and I hadn't watched it The I hadn't watched I thought it had finished Halfway through a season So I thought this was It was like So So your idea
0: of how The whole thing was uh, Tied up in a bow Do you remember the scene Where Bert Remember when Bert dies And and it's all trippy Because he's singing and he sings to him yeah.
1: and then finish I thought what a, that's b- a be-
0: And that is beautiful And
1: I thought it was over yeah. He died recently
0: Yeah I can't think of his name um, now, but.
1: but then I was given another six episodes and I ended up with the ending where he's on the
0: On the hillside in the meditative tree. place What a show well, like That like first the season teach, of that The darts, world To when sing
1: you, you, We realised I think it's the end of the first episode or second episode that he's not actually Don Draper hmm. I thought that's brilliant hmm. And that character the character of Peace Campbell that relationship that they had right through it was phenomenal and then Peggy it's such a good show the music the look the writing favourite character
2: from Mad Men got to be it pains me to say it and I hate him but I just love Pete Campbell I love him really I no, love I that guy him. he's such a pure like he doesn't he's little veer. Shit. he doesn't veer at all he doesn't develop no, he is right. who he yeah, is and right. Right. that's the end of it <clears throat> uh,
1: but they're all so enjoyable Roger, Roger, Sterling. Roger Sterling he's got the best lines who doesn't want to be Roger Sterling Yeah.
0: Well, you you wouldn't do well in life in 2022 being Roger Sterling. No, you wouldn't,
1: but he didn't have to do well in life in 2022. That's the whole point. He'd be cancelled. In 1955, he was the man. Yeah. He was the man. I mean, yeah. The episode where he vomited after eating all the oysters at lunch because yeah. the, the elevator was broken. They had to walk up the stairs and he threw up in front of these really important clients. He's got
0: a great life and great women and a great job.
1: But re-watching, there's a certain... This, I, th- I do think going back to your original question you asked John is that you do get something different out of it mm. you absolutely do Peggy's and also,
0: story arc is probably one of the most interesting it.
1: but also you're seeing actors that you know now that you didn't know back then who've gone on to do and now, now they're the household friends. now they're household names yeah. like there was one of, the, one of the crew one of the writers wore the black framed glasses remember he was married and made pains you know, always made pains saying oh, I'm married he's in the office that's right, He's yeah. He's in the office. Yeah. I'm going, there he is. Anyway, Mad Men, yeah. what about rewatching? And Pete What's Campbell yours? showed up in Das Boot Season 2. Um. Did he?
0: <laughs> Jesus. There you go. If you don't like what is being said,
3: change the conversation.
1: I've got another rewatch that I've rewatched and I've counted them six times and there's seven seasons of it. I think it's the, it's, it is probably my number two TV comedy of all time. The performances, the rising... It is genius. Can I have a guess? Yes. John. do you want to have a guess? Last of the Summer Wine? No. That's just slipped out of the top ten, John. Blossom. Awesome. No. Veep.
0: Oh, fuck. Wow.
1: Veep. I've never watched it.
0: Oh, oh Johnny boy. You're in Shani- for a treat. Johnny,
1: you've got... It's It's razor sharp. So razor sharp, you'll be bleeding watching it. Anybody who hasn't seen it, years and years ago, there was a series written by Armando Iannucci called The Take of It on the BBC. Peter Capaldi played Malcolm Tucker, who was a a political advisor, cheap whip. You couldn't go two words without saying fuck. Uh, It was genius. Now, they reimagined it, much like the uh, The office office reimagined They reimagined this, and made it turn into being Julia... Julia Julia Dreyfus plays the Vice President of the United States. And the show focuses about her, her and her team of these inept fucking idiots (laughs) who are in the Veep office. But of course, over the course of the series, she wants to try and become president. (laughs) It is one of the finest TV comedies ever. Armando Iannucci uh, is involved in it, directed it. Um, The Day Today, remember The Day Today? yeah. Yeah, who's who's the guy who played the lead in that? He was a newscaster, Chris Morris. Thank Chris you. Morris, yeah. thank you. He wrote wrote and has directed a lot of Veep as well. The and it's um, won about twenty thousand Emmys
0: for the gag
1: per minute ratio. Oh my god, is off the charts. I'm actually I I downloaded it again last night yeah. on Sky. Yeah, I've season one, episode one, ready to go, and I could probably quote the fucking thing. And you could it's probably,
0: as soon as you've watched it, you could kind of just dip in and out of it.
2: Because you'd you...
1: never, I've never had to do that. I just let it go sequentially, just yeah. watch it. Okay. And there are such good characters that come in and come out of it. John, get on that, please.
2: I, I was going to say to think of it because
1: I watched that. It's
2: tidy. It's oh BBC six episodes. It's it's lovely, but. Talk about insults. Uh, one always comes to mind when I think of Peter Capaldi when he, yeah. he tells one of his underlings, You're as useful as a marzipan dildo, which I think is excellent. Whoever excellent. wrote that should have been
1: promoted. Do you
0: think it's what John? It's, it's accurate. It's <laughs> that's, that's that's
1: beautiful. <laughs> Malcolm Tucker delivered some of the finest insults
0: known. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's um political advisors in Whitehall trying to act like I'm going well this is how he did us.
1: There's one he said he said, when it's time for me to take your opinion, I'll re- i recognise the signs which is me being fucking taken away to be lobotomized or something like that. <laughs> it's he's genius. Peter Capaldi, genius. So that's a rewatch so you've got to, uh, that's you gotta re- you gotta start watching V I will. Uh, and on your side Edo. What are you doing, ordering pizza? What do you want? I'll have a large pepperoni, John okay uh, yeah two two large pepperonis because we're not sharing that was the problem with the last producer he expected to share the pizza that ain't gonna run on this show
0: right Peter Capaldi's best lines is as, Please do as Malcolm Tucker like, do the accent or not
1: <laughs> oh Christ we had your Italian accent last week
0: <laughs> Christ you do Laurel and fucking Hardy glad you join us did you manage to get that piano up the stairs okay
1: Sounds like Groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons, isn't it?
0: You're so back, You've actually fucking fallen it. off. You're out by the fucking bins where I
1: put you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do one? Oh, these are gold. Pick one there. Peter Capaldi. From to a pair, uh, let's see, uh, dressing down MP Jeff Holhurst. No, you've just done that one. Commenting on Ben Swain's disastrous Newsnight appearance. Remember, this <laughs> all these hands all over the place. You are like a sweaty octopus trying to unhook a bra. <laughs> 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 no pass to assistant Jamie during the meeting with blue sky thinker Julius Nicholson. Remember that twat, Julius <laughs> Nicholson? Please, could you take this note, <laughs> ram it up his hairy inbox, and pin it to his fucking prostate? <laughs> Who hasn't wanted to say that in a meeting yeah. at some point in their careers? And that was on the BBC. It was. And there was two seasons of it, wasn't there? Yeah. Perfect. And Terry Coverley, Coverley Commons, remember her? Whoa. So there's a couple of great recommendations. That's one for a rewatch as well. Yeah, to think of it. And then jump over to Veep. Actually, have you seen The Death of Stalin, who are the team behind to Think of it. No. Have you seen that movie? I watched it, Death of Stalin. Oh, I watched it during one of the lockdowns. Really enjoyed movie. it. Really enjoyed Again, it. Again, Armando Iannucci, and what a cast: mm. Steve Buscemi, Ben Kingsley. It's an unbelievable. Michael Palin's in it. Yeah. So there's three for you, John. You're going to do nothing this week to watch two you TV series, do start do to nope. finish, and a movie. There you go. And leave some space because oh,
0: I want to make my Steve Coogan recommendation. It's not a rewatch. It's his new show. Oh yeah. You know, and it's not too often we get new material from. Uh, Steve Coogan outside of Alan Partridge. Yeah. Every, you know, every few years. Well, he, the
1: trip and yeah, he does but a
0: couple of movies. But yeah, but you know, primarily it's it's Partridge and he's because he's gone back to doing Partridge. Yeah. obviously he had the he's the stage show, but so you know, with this time. Show. So this new show is airing on Channel Four oh, on right, Thursday night, yeah, yeah. and it's starring and r- and written by Steve Coogan and Sarah Soleimani. Oh, I'm good. saying her surname right. Um, she's she, probably not
1: listening, so... She's the creator on. and director, or writer, of Ridley Road. which oh, is right. so, so, he knowing... Does not know anything about it's, it's kind Ridley of Ridley Road.
0: Ridley Road, yeah. It's kind of a historical thing set in it's London in the 50s and 60s uh, about fasci- the rise of fascism and the like. It's
1: not a the house where Ridley Scott lives. No.
0: Her and, <laughs> her and Steve Coogan have come together to write this very clever comedy drama set in Hollywood and about Hollywood and about the movie industry. And I don't know, seeing as you work in that industry, Simon, do you find it interesting watching programmes and dramas when they when they're set in that industry, whatever take they're taking on it or whatever the angle is, whether it's serious or funny, do you like yeah, seeing no, shows about I, I, your I, own industry?
1: You have to hold the mirror up. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Um, well, this does that in a very topical way because it's it's about Steve's character who's a producer called Cameron and he's trying to navigate the very choppy so waters. To make a
1: movie in the current Me Too climate.
0: Exactly. And post Me Too and wokeism and all that. And he's struggling with that. And right. he's the producer on this movie um, that's run into a few hitches uh, starring um, Sienna Miller's playing the main character okay. w- uh, within that. And then Sarah Soleimani's character, Bobby, who's a feminist director, she's brought in to fix the movie. And the particular issue with the movie uh, it, it is a sex scene. And so that particular se- sex scene is wrong, it's wrong out, it was always wrong, mm-hmm. and they need to be told how to do it right.
1: And he's the producer trying to deal with all these little bonfires that are going around. Him. Ex-
0: yeah, and he's, he's, he's really struggling. And I do wonder sometimes when I watch um, Steve Coogan, because he says it himself, there's. The shadows of himself in, all, in everything he does mm. even in Alan Partridge and you're watching this going how much is that even just him as a, as a man trying to navigate the new landscape for what you can
1: and can't say but well, maybe the, the, that's more down to the writing of it as, as opposed to the portrayal because they say write about what you know he mm. spent his life in the business and on film sets and he mm. has seen over the years how much things have changed how much attitudes have changed um, I mean anybody would tell you doing a sex scene on, on a movie set is the most unerotic thing you will ever do in your life Um it's quite bizarre, and it's it probably it's it's the one it's very nerve wracking for 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 the actors involved. If there's more than two, have you had? <laughs> well, there's usually a cat. Like, well, there might be two actors, but um, how many people are in the I've room? I've had a couple. Have of you had them? Yeah, to yeah, do it? Yeah, yeah, and it's not literally uh, do it. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's not um it's you not know, fun. Not that it's not fun, but it's it is it is uncomfortable. You know, it's because, unnatural. Uh, yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've had to appear naked on screen, which is I had to do a scene had to do in a series I did called Pulling Moves and we've got one of the cast <laughs> of Pulling Moves coming up from that in a couple of weeks time yeah. uh, so this was a 10 part BBC drama yeah, um, about a gang of four lads in West Belfast and uh, they were kind of our, our Del Boy kind of characters they were all on the scratch up trying to make pulling strokes pulling moves you know trying to make a few quid here and a few quid there you know and I played the lead character called Wardrobe he was the head of these four boys <laughs> wardrobe, wardrobe I beg Wardrobe <laughs> And uh, so anyway, there was a scene where one of us, I think it's episode eight or nine, one of the lads is getting married, so he has a stag night. And we have a stag night in Belfast and City Centre, and we just go out no, and fucking piss and all that. But there's a montage sequence in the, in, the, in the script, you know. And it says, at a certain point, late, late, late in the night, they're that pissed. There's a shot of the four of them running through Belfast City Centre. Bollocking. In the nips. There was 10 episodes. I was in seven, seven months in Belfast shooting. The, but from day one, you're thinking about when are we going to see that scene on the call sheet? Okay, you knew it was coming. And it arrives. Yeah. <clears throat> and they purposely left it right towards the end of the shoot so they're not just that we were not just we were we were coming to each other the crew were coming to it as the director we all it was good so we were five six months into it and the night came and it was a night shoot and the night came and they put the scene on the last the last scene of the call shoot so we shot all the other stag night kind of stuff up to it and pints and getting fucked out of bars and punch ups and and the last scene then of the night about three o'clock in the morning was the four of us pelting through Belfast City Centre Bollock Naked so the way they did it brilliant Philippa, Philippa the director handled it really well She said, look, I'll do a one-take day with you. You can only have to do it once. And they were feeding us pints like so we'd a bit of Dutch courage, you know. So she said, I'm gonna do a very simple setup and doing a camera down this end of the street, camera down that end of the street, but a hundred yards in between. You start here behind camera and your dress gowns, throw them off and just go full pelt past the camera. There'll be costume girls standing on the far side with uh, you know, a robe robe ready to go. And that's it. One take and we talk It's just like the hundred meters, isn't we it? We talk right. and we were shitting ourselves, myself, Kira McManam and Kieran Nolan and Kevin Elliott, the four of us. So the, the, the moment comes, you know, and we've we about five or six points on board. So we, we, the costume girl comes into our trailer, right? And she says, uh, look, I uh, know no there's your dressing gowns, but she said, I want to give you these. And, she handles, and I said, well, I look like a little white tennis sock. I said, what the fuck's that? This is a cock sock. I said, what the fuck's that for? I said, well, it's bollock naked. She said, no, she's going to shoot you from behind. So all you're, the, the hero shot she will use is this camera here. She's so going to run past that. So you're all really only going to see her arses. But she said, if you want to protect your own vanity, because there will be crude on the far end, stick on a cocksock." So one of the funniest half hours of my life was sitting in a room with the other three, half pissed, watching us all trying to get these things on. Because these cover the meat and vegetables, you know what I mean? So it goes over everything. Okay. So it was quite funny. like a pair of tights for your... Pretty much, a tight for your meat Mm. and two veg. And then I said to them before we went out to do it, I said, lads, look, I think we're better off just leaving these off. They were all like, I'm "Not at the fuck off, Simon! Fuck's sake!" I said, because "I'm telling you, because if we're running down and one of these drops off, it'll ruin the shot. we will have to do it again." And they went, "Oh, fucking, you're right, eh? you're right." Everyone's going, "Am I too small for mine? Will mine so come then, off?" <laughs> so, well, you're running. You know what I mean? Like if you're running, a sock will come off your foot. Okay, so they're your... not
0: as tight as a pair no, of tights. Oh, oh,
1: Jesus! No, it couldn't be an army there. No, your heads <laughs> be blue. You know what I mean? No, they just they're comfortable. <laughs> So, anyway, we decided to go without them. And we stood behind the camera. It was about 120 lads. of the crew. And, a, and I, I never forget, we were half pissed, and she shouted, Action! And we fucking dropped the dressing gowns and we fucking pelted. And I have to be honest with you, it's one of the most liberating things I've ever done in my life. Streaking through I'll never the streets of to Elfast? this day, we're getting about twenty yards to the other camera and watching the, the wardrobe girls of their heads away in the dressing gowns, looking. Jesus, look at the shower coming towards us. And we did. It. And of course, we ended up doing it three or four times. Of course, you did. Because we actually they got it on the first take. We were just having it, fun. <laughs> but it's very. Uh, where the hell did that story come from? Yeah, sex, sex scenes, scenes on so, movies. Yeah, streaking. Yeah. In Belfast, streaking in Belfast, as right. you do. and we're going to have one of the cast to pull a on in a couple of weeks. Okay, well, then in chivalry, in, in the first <laughs> meanwhile, episode, back of the
0: script, they they're dealing with this particular sex scene, and what you will may encounter now, Simon, on your next movie that requires, um, some form of, uh, sexy action is Amorous. an. Intimacy Coordinator. Oh, I've heard of these. Yeah, and Ashling yeah. B is playing the oh, wow. Intimacy Coordinator, Jesus. and it's surreal. But yeah. I actually would think it it wouldn't be too far from what would yeah, happen yeah. on a set, yeah, you know, yeah, and what yeah. maybe needs to happen so everyone's comfortable and <clears throat> yeah. so on and so forth. So look, it's it's a very good show. There's also uh, a, they're
1: short episodes, they're only half yeah, hours or
0: yeah, something, yeah, 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 if even somewhere t- you know 24-25 so minutes. Lash through it in one. Lash through it. It's in Hollywood. Looks looks great. pretty cool. Great, there is a great. kind of a, a romance story, which I won't. Is there uh, room for a season two? Rune no you think it's a standalone job is it you might watch it now and go oh it's so the door is so open I didn't come no, away really? with any right. expectation of there being more I thought they kind of w- went okay. here it is here's our take on it and it's a very clever take on it and okay. it deals with both sides very well Yeah. Um, I should mention also uh, Wanda Sykes is in it ah I love her she is terrific love her in this
1: so well worth the watch did you know I played ashling B's father in a TV show I mean ashling B's father <laughs> I mean we both pissed ourselves laughing when we arrived at the set I went you're playing white and she went oh, I'm playing oh, her father you're not Could you I be... can't believe that sir you're no, sorry my, my
0: face is portraying that my voice isn't I forgot Your we're on a podcast go, yeah, I can't believe that Simon She, you're oh, only yeah. a few years older than her Technically, could you be in real life? Could you be her father? Be, could you be old enough to be her father? I should say. I don't know. I don't think Hughle what age Hughle. It.
1: it now, Ashling really. Well, you're,
0: you're, your 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 one time daughter Ashling B is in it, and she's very good. Gotcha. And there's one or two other cameos from John C. Riley and Paul Rudd. I'll say no more. Check it out. Amazing it is all on the. And again, like the the Idris Elba show, it's all there on the Channel so Four player, can jump in. or you can watch it each week on the fabulous. Listen, enough of what we think. We bring bringing the professionals. And it's a great pleasure to welcome back to the podcast. He survived episode one. It's Brian Lloyd from entertainment.ie. All right, Brian, we've made some recommendations. Let's get to yours. Your first one sounds like what would be the perfect title for Simon Delaney's autobiography. <laughs>
3: I actually, do you know something? I, was, it's, I, I actually would say, Simon, in all seriousness, I do genuinely think you'd get something out of this because it's okay. the film is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> uh, it's about Nicolas Cage. Uh, he plays himself in it. Now, he's kind of playing a sort of... Yeah, I, I presume both of you have seen The Trip, yeah?
1: Yeah, I would love it. Yeah. Favoured, yes. One of favourite TV shows in years. Yeah,
3: so it's a similar kind of buzz. Nicolas Cage is playing a fictionalised version of himself. Um, he's kind of going through a bit of a career crisis again, kind of like the real Nicolas Cage, Mm -hmm. uh, decides after not getting a big role that he wanted, decides that he's going to retire, but not before he does, he gets offered $1 million to go to Spain and meet with this super fan of his, who's played by Pedro Pascal. People would know him from, I don't know, Game of Thrones, Narcos. Uh, he was in Wonder Woman before. Yeah. So he plays this super fan of, um. Of uh, Nicholas Cage, and he's basically going to pay him a one million euro, a one million dollars, rather appearance fee. But what he doesn't realize is is that the FBI have been tracking this guy, uh, played by Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz, and it turns out that this guy is actually an international arms dealer. That's how he has all this money, and he's able to buy it. It's really good. Like he's like he's able to buy all this like ridiculous uh, Nicholas Cage props. Like he bought, you know, the jacket from Wild at Heart. He has like the guns from Face <laughs> Off, and. You know, he has like this, um this famous uh, pillow that has Nicolas Cage's face on it, and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's really like I personally am a massive Nicolas Cage fan. So I was watching this. I was like, yeah, I'd do all of these things. I'd t- find the money. I'd absolutely buy the guns from Face Off. No problem. No question. The only of it.
1: thing, the only thing, Brian, that puts me off a Nicolas Cage movie is Nicolas Cage.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad I, you I'm said,
1: Brian, that you're a
0: fan and you're open and you're comfortable with that because I am too. I think Nicholas Cage is a terrific actor, and that spans the breadth of doing, you know, heavy, meaning doing the groups. same thing in every movie. Like, no, no, no. Was he the same in Leaving Las Vegas that he was in
1: that movie? Moonstruck. He, <laughs> yeah, in what? He was. In what? Moonstruck. Moonstruck with Cher. Do you remember that?
0: No, that's before my time.
3: Brian, oh, you, sorry, you take my right, point. Yeah. He is a very versatile actor. Now I would say he's one of those actors, and I think that's what the kind of the title is: is that he is burdened with a lot of expectation because you know people meet Nicholas Cage or people think about Nicolas Cage to think about him kind of roaring and shouting and doing all these kind of stupid stuff and you know like it's
1: my mind is brought back to when he appeared on Wogan. Yeah, World.
3: you remember that? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. When, he, when Terry Wogan introduced him on, and he came on and did a Level cartwheel time. and some kung fu fighting yeah no
3: he's um, he's he's living up to the building isn't he and that's it actually that version of Nicolas Cage is yeah. in the film like he basically of course. he appears to him as a sort of like his sort of internal monologue if you know that kind of way and he looks exactly like how he looks in the Wogan interview like with the hair and he's like doing the whole like Hi-yah! all that kind of oh, stuff shit. like oh no it's like you no, know, I, yeah. I, I
1: think we should have a sliding scale you way know you give movie stars right yeah. like five stars. Over. I think we should have a own rating yeah, on this and I'd like to put something forward to you both actually sure in, in terms of how good a movie is we we should count we should have a number of say slices of terry chocolate orange and the maximum <laughs> is 10 so how many slices of terry chocolate orange
3: will you give this Nicolas Cage movie I would give this uh, 8 uh, oh, that's eight, a lot of chocolate. That's orange. a lot of chocolate orange. We I mean, give this eight cherry's chocolate oranges oh, really? out of a ten. Yeah, really can you get wow. t- can you get ten slices of Terry's chocolate I, orange? I, I, I doubt can. I can put a full Terry's chocolate orange in my mouth. Oh, I, I could sure too, but I'm saying like, isn't does it actually break up into ten slices? And um, It's more. I'd say it's 30-40. I know it isn't. Come on. How big? How big? How big is this Terry's chocolate orange? Man? I. I. Okay.
1: So well, fun. then we'll fo- we will do research on this, yeah. and <laughs> na- next week's <laughs> show I'll give you the answer. But I'm going to say there's about thirty slices in a chocolate orange. Ah, come away
3: with it. In your stand me. Stand Okay. Give Simon. There's about. Well, give us six, a number then.
1: Come on. Six.
3: Six. Uh, yeah, it is. It's. He's right. It's small enough. Like the slices no. are. The slices are kind of. No. They're. They're. No. no I'm telling you.
1: All right, well the two of you are going for less than 10? I'm going for a bo- more, more than 10, right? Yeah.
3: Higher or lower, okay. basically. Yeah,
1: higher lower than ten, and the, loser, the winner
0: today because everyone's going to be trying to figure. Is, is yeah, that
1: really more than ten, but the losers have to buy the winner a chocolate orange each. Yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair cop. Yeah, okay. fair deal. Anyway,
0: right. back to movies and back to Nicholas Cage. You were saying that movie is that good? It's an eight out of ten.
3: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I mean, it's it's. I would definitely say it's the most interesting thing he's done in quite a while. Um, it's surprisingly sweet. What and was
1: the last interesting thing you did before this?
3: I would say he did this film. I don't know if you saw it. It was called Mandy. Um, uh, yeah. It was how would I basically describe this? Think of a heavy metal album cover, but that turned into a film. That's what it looked like. Um, so it was really no. I will say no. What I would say about Mandy is is that it is over the top. It is really extreme. I loved it. I saw it in a darkened cinema, and it's the best way to see it because you kind of have to be kind of trapped in a room with it, with no sort of no. I know that's <laughs> nowhere a... to go. Nowhere to go. Yeah, you know that kind of way where you go to see a film, and it's like you're yeah. you have to be you have to give it your full undivided attention. I think Mandy is one of those films that like it really does benefit from like you know it's the kind of film you'd see at like eleven o'clock at night in a darkened cinema, and it would be amazing. It's that kind of an experience.
1: Well. So you're giving this one, you're giving this one eight uh, slices of chocolate and orange, and let's be honest, lads. On a sliding scale, I think anything above four is worth getting out of bed for, isn't it?
3: Well, yeah, I would say like five. Uh, five is the sort of okay. Beyond five, you've got my interest, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, now if we have our, five or less. If it's five or less, mark. you want the slices brought to you. If it's above five, you'll get up off the couch yes. yourself and get.
3: There. I will make. I will make the journey to where the to chocolate are. Yeah, to the fridge or wherever these are. Yeah.
1: And yeah, next the meet, and, and next meet, next week's uh, scale will be a pack of Cadbury's fingers. I <laughs> uh, no, No. 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 <laughs> Let's stick with the chocolate orange so We're setting a precedent here. Well there's too that's many there's,
3: there's too many chocolate fingers, you see. This is the thing. There's too well, many chocolate it. fingers. Like you're thinking like, okay, there could be like what twenty five? Like how do we how do we quantify this? Like, you know, that kind of one
1: Well, do you know what we're gonna do in next week's episode? Right, Terry's we're going to break the standard. We're gonna break open a Terry's chocolate orange and count how many slices are there. That's what we're gonna do. Anyway, and uh, what about television, scene. Brian? <laughs> what about TV, Brian? What's up your sleeve?
3: Uh, yeah, so coming to Netflix this week is the second season of Russian Doll. Oh. Now, we were talking off air. Simon, you haven't seen the first season of Russian no, Doll. No, I haven't. and I've, been, I've heard great things about it. It's really, really good. Basically what this is, it's Natasha Leon, who, by the way, going to plant my flag right here. Oh. If they ever make a remake of Columbo... She has to play the role of Colombo. And I'll tell you wow. why, because wow. if wow. if you, if you told me Natasha Leone was Peter Falk's daughter, I'd be like, yeah, that makes complete sense. That's yeah. I totally see it. That's Can
1: I give you an interesting little aside here? Yes, please. There was talk last year of a remake of uh, Colombo, right? Yeah. And I got a call from my manager in New York <gasps> saying, shut saying, up. Uh, no, saying that, uh, there's potential that they want you to read for the part. And I said, all right, part of what? And she went,
3: well, Columbo. Wow. I said, what? Shut the front door.
1: No, no, this is true. And I thought, she said, you obviously know the show. I said, yeah, yeah, I've watched it all over the years and da-da-da. And she said, well, look, stand by. She said, we're in conversations at the moment. She said, I'll get the script over to you within a couple of weeks. Never happened. So, and I haven't seen the remake being made, so it must have been shelved due to COVID or something. So, we're not ruling it out. It still could happen. Well, Simon Delaney I as know, Peter
0: Rock, greatest yeah. character ever, Columbo. Well, say the line, well, Say the line, say the line.
1: What's the line? I say I'm not that much of a fan of the show. For Just one
3: more Just thing. Just one more thing. It's where he solves okay. it in every episode. It, that's it. We have to basically, right, to get you We're into the role, right. Simon, I'm going to coach it's you. All right. You're going to. right, you're going to prep. I'm the going to, you. I'm going to give you a good prep for this. Okay, so basically what you need to be doing is... You need yeah. to be touching your hair a lot. You need to be kind of padding your your, your, your pockets for stuff every time you come into a scene, okay? Okay. Um, and Terry's yeah. chocolate orange, perhaps. You're and Terry's chocolate orange, just kind of, yeah, just pull like... In each pocket. Each pocket, just be kind of padding. All right, it. one more thing. And then yeah, that's that it, right. exactly, yeah. When you're walking out the door, you just stop thing. and turn around and you go, just one more thing. I, 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 I just one more thing and then be kind of like
1: well, does, you, you made him sound like Shaggy scooby Scooby there. Though. Oh no, he Scooby-Doo. totally
3: is like, that's kind of it. He is a little bit, yeah, really? he is quite shaggy. Like he is sort of unassuming. That's his talent. He's like, yeah. you don't really kind of know. He seems so kind of footy duddy and like not really clued in, but he's totally clued in, man. I can't believe it. this is amazing. Like, I, I don't think you understand. <laughs> Have you
0: ever played, um, I know you've been in some shows that have had cops and detectives. Have you played a a detective? You did in Emmerdale, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. I've played a detective quite a few times. I've played a a detective in the fall. um, Oh, yeah, that's right, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I've played, yeah, I have, yeah, but I've, but, but I mean, Columbo, but I haven't
3: heard anything since. I and mean, that's last year. So. God, I could, re- I would have had you for a Taggart, but now I can see you as a Columbo. I could see him as a Taggart, yeah, I could definitely oh, that, see you uh, as a Taggart, oh, yeah. There's <laughs> been a murder. Just said, there's that been a murder. Was he Welsh? No, he's I Scottish. What was that, Brian? Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> that's that something like, <laughs> like Scooby Doo in Edinburgh. <laughs> anyway russian okay, dolls carry russian on dolls, right
0: will you just uh set the stall out for people who've not seen it what it's about because it's a real interesting concept and yeah it's, we've seen it before in movies and tv shows it's that deja vu thing isn't it
3: a uh, time loop more would be more okay. kind of point of it yes yeah, so basically natasha leone it's her 30 uh, it's her 36th birthday she lives in new york she's a video game designer and uh she's having this party in her apartment she walks out to get a a cigarette or something like that. And she trips and falls down this fire exit and she dies. And then she wakes back up in her bathroom again. And she's reliving the birthday party again. And it's basically like, you know, Groundhog Day. It uh, was a film recently enough uh, on Amazon prime, uh, that the name of it now is escape. I Me. think I'm going to say Pam Springs. Yes. That's the one. Thank you. Yes. and um, so time loops are kind of back in fashion a little bit. Um, And Russian Doll was obviously, the first season was before Palm Springs. But yeah, this is really, really interesting. Natasha Leone kind of makes this her her own sort of, her own vehicle, if you like. Because, you know, she's this really kind of like fast talk and doesn't take any crap kind of uh, New York uh, you know, walking up the sidewalk, hustling on our phone, shouting down at people and all this kind of stuff. Like it's really, Love really it. well, yeah. It's, Love it. it's really, really well done. It sounds the bizarre on the
1: second season of that drops this week,
3: doesn't it? That's right, yeah. Now I will say I mm-hmm. would I would say it is good. The first one was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I would say the second mm-hmm. one is good. The reason for that is is because, you know, the first one had obviously it's the first one through the door. So obviously it gets the virtue yeah. of you know, being really inventive. You haven't seen it before. You're trying to figure it all out. You kind of so have... there's to...
1: a bit second album syndrome about this, is there?
3: A little bit, yeah. And, like, I mean, I know a few reviews. I know for entertainment.ie, Owen Cannon, when he wrote the review for this for the second mm. season, he was like, they should have just stuck to the first season. No, and, to be f- and to be fair, like, I can, I can see his point because <clears throat> the first season was so kind of good and tight and it was really kind of wrapped mm. up in a nice little bow. Like, you didn't really necessarily... Mm. It didn't lend itself to a second season, put it to you that way, Mm. but because it was so popular and it got such good reviews and so many people watched it, it kind of rushed it into production. And I think it could have probably benefited from maybe a year or two more of writing, you know, that kind of way. To use our Terry Chocolate Orange uh, sliding scale, I would say this would be... No, I would say this is like six and a half,
1: seven slices.
3: Okay. Yeah. It's, it's over your five couch. threshold. It's over the five, yeah. It's over the threshold. It's definitely worth watching, yeah. But I would say so, if you haven't seen the first one, watch that one first. And then if you really, really dig it, then go after the second one.
1: So to sum up, Nicolas Cage, Nat, Nat, Nat,
3: Nat- Nat- Natasha Leon.
1: Yeah, uh, and a combination of 16 and a half slices of Terry's chocolate orange. Hi, Brian, yeah. it has been a pleasure. Next week, we will reveal the great mystery of how many slices are in a terry chocolate orange. So there we have the views from the professional in the room. Brian, thank you so much as always. There's uh, a lot to get through this week. you have got a big checklist
0: for this That's week. not like homework. This is uh, yeah. a lot of treats and a lot of gifts. There's the a lot of great recommendations.
1: Listen, do you remind our good listeners about the recommendation for Devils, which I think is starts, season two starts... On Sky starring Patrick Dempsey, Mr. McDreamy, whatever he was calling Grey's Anatomy, uh, set in the financial world of London. Season two is On Sky at the moment. Get on it boys and girls. Everyone is raving about it. Uh, What did you learn this week, young fella?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I learned that. I learned that. I have a mental image of your Willie um, running down the streets of Belfast. And also that cock socks aren't as tight as I thought they should be.
1: Well done. Well done. How about yet. you, Sy? Si? I've learned that uh, both of you would love to see me playing Colombo.
0: Yes. Uh, genuinely.
1: Yeah, but that's yeah. And also you can't do an Italian accent. See you next week. And uh, get the fuck out of
0: here.
2: <laughs> <laughs>